everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Writer's Haven. My name is Musu of Musu Writes. And um, I'm glad that you guys are are back here again. I thank you guys for coming back. It's been really busy. And so this is one of our um, first shows we've done in a while. But I'm really excited because as always, we have an awesome guest on today's show. So uh, we have freelance editor Samantha Haney, who has been in the game for at least a decade. And um, what she does is she helps aspiring writers and authors like you and myself get their work ready for the publishing phase and has written books of her own. So this is a plus because um, as you guys may or may not know, the editing process can be very involved and it really matters who you connect with when it comes to an editor um, with whatever work you're trying to do, whether it's a novel or you're trying to do poetry, um, nonfiction, you know, you it really matters who you connect with. So we, we have a great... Ed- Uh, conversation with Samantha today and we talk about this whole creative process how people benefit from it the different levels you know from a rookie author to you know someone who's mastered the tedious experience of editing and publishing Um, we, we bring all of that together so whatever level you may be at right now in your journey, I I really think you'll get something out of this conversation. So as always, if we're not connected, I would love to be connected with you. Um, If you look for my handle at Musu Writes, I am on IG, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, Also make sure you visit the MusuWrites.com website to sign up for the free newsletter. And if you're not connected here on Podbean, uh, make sure you do that because that way you will get notifications um, when the latest episode drops. So, yeah, so those of you who are again, already connected, and, as always, um, I am so grateful. Thank you. I love Thank you again your, for your joining me on the podcast. And so also, you and can check it out you know? on Google Play and Apple. <laughs> you know, because this all is right? something that I, I will talk to you guys I kind of struggle Take with, care. you know, just keeping it current and, you know, all that good stuff. So um, you seem like you, you have a lot of great resources that we'll get into as well. So let's start off by um, you telling us about uh, Samantha's story, you know, in general, what is your story? Yeah, so I have been freelancing for about five years. I started in the publishing and writing industry about 10 years ago, but solely freelancing um, for five. But I have always been around words. I loved reading as a kid. I loved writing, you know, all growing up through school. And words were just kind of my home base, uh, if that's a that's just kind of the example that comes to mind. And so when I was getting ready to start in college, I didn't know what I wanted to major in actually, but I figured words were a safe bet. So I got a journalism degree and then the my writing and freelancing career has evolved from that. But uh, word, words are my jam. What can I say? Hey, I'm all for it. Anything that involves words, you know, we're, that's what we're all about. You know, so many things happen, um, come into being, you know, because of words. So um, it's it's really great to see how you have, you know, grasped that concept. So I just want to jump right into it um, with your writing. How has writing helped you get from one place in life to another? I love that question. Uh, writing helps me process everything, basically. Uh, I have been journaling for a long time, so I think that's kind of the most personal way that writing helps me, and then it 
it moves out from there. But I think that has been one of the biggest things that writing has helped me with is just to process life events, good and bad, and just to be a good tool for, for self-evaluation. Um, there's a lot of other good tools that you can use for that, but writing um, has helped me, whether it's transitions or whether it's traumatic events or good things that are happening, um, writing helps me make sense of it and helps me make sense of where I am in that, in that season. Absolutely. And I think a lot of us can relate to that. Um, you know, something as simple as making a goal or a to-do list for the year to, you know, whether you're journaling, journaling through a, a, a challenging situation in life, you mm -hmm. definitely start off in one place and you end up with another through, yeah. you know, the process of writing about it. So, um, you know, I, I think uh, the readers will really appreciate something like that because a lot of the times it's often overlooked. Um, but once people recognize it and they start applying it, you know, I always say that you're going to really like the results that you see. So it's, it's great to see that, um, you know, that you know how it can be used. So, yeah, absolutely. And when it comes to um, your your platform, what inspired you to help others, you know, in the area of writing? I think it was going through the process myself. Um, I have self-published four books and that, that was a whole journey in and of itself, talking about starting in one place and ending up in another. Uh, but especially if you are in that in self-publishing or indie publishing, smaller press um, space, there's a lot that's on the author's shoulders for responsibilities. Even if you are being published with a traditional publishing house, you still have a lot that you have to do. It's not just exactly. writing the book. But don't we wish that that was the case? Like we write the book and, and we're done. <laughs> exactly. So going through that process myself and the people that helped me along the way, I, that's what made me want, want to give back. And I, I did uh, work on uh, kind of, honing my editing skills when I was still in school, had more opportunities to continue to do that, was doing that alongside of my writing. Uh, but that be kind of, that became the best avenue to help other writers is to be that objective, but um, kind and helpful guide uh, to look at their work and be like, okay, this is, this is where we're starting, but let's polish it up so that your writing shines the brightest um, that it, that it can. I think the the most challenging part uh, for anyone who wants to become an author, um, even you know anything like a re freelance writer, is to just making that real connection with with words. I don't think I think a lot of people overlook the fact that they they may be missing that. So you mentioned the the um, I don't want to mess up the term. You mentioned the reader first mindset when it comes to the editing and writing process, um, especially for those who want to be, who want to develop their writing voice to any level, whether it's a, a journalist or an author, talk a little bit about the reader first mindset. Sure. Well, for any writing project, uh, it does start often with something personal, right? Whether you're doing fiction or nonfiction, a lot of my experience does lie in the nonfiction realm, but I have edited some fiction as well. So it starts personal, but by the time it ends up in book form, you're presenting that story to a wide audience. 
and they are not going to have the same experiences as you and your experiences maybe aren't going to resonate in the same way, but you still have a powerful story that you're wanting, wanting to share. And so there are some things that you can do through the writing process, through, you know, your initial drafts and to the editing where you're keeping your readers in mind, because yes, it's your story, but if you are going to the effort to write a book, which I think is one of the hardest things anyone can do, honestly, uh, you want to do all that you can to invite people into that and to remove any barriers from them, even just stopping and being confused or having to look something up uh, because there's so much content out there, right? There are so many other books and articles and podcasts, just content, you know, we just practically trip over it, right? And so you want to remove all the barriers that you can uh, for your readers so that they stay engaged with your work. Absolutely. And I think a lot of the times, no matter what level they are or what stage they're in, the whole editing process, it's often overlooked or underestimated. I know for myself, um, it was a huge underestimation on my part. I didn't realize how involved it should be. Um, So I know other people out there listening, they they may relate um, in in some type of way. So um, we can talk a little bit about that. I, I never get tired of talking about the editing process um, yeah. because it, it can be, it's such a roller coaster ride. It definitely has its highs and lows, but at the end of the day, the writer will be very grateful, especially if they have teamed themselves up with a, a good editor. So uh, when it comes to a manuscript, developing the manuscript, uh, especially for those who maybe in the beginning stages. What are the different types of editing? What are the different types of things that a manuscript will go through? Sure. So this process is, of course, going to vary a little bit, whether you are going with a traditional press or you're doing indie publishing. But in general, uh, there's about four stages that a manuscript is going to go through. Uh, First is is developmental editing, and that is going to be at the very beginning, and you probably don't even have the whole manuscript written yet. You maybe just have an outline or you have an idea of the arc of uh, that your character is going to go through, uh, but that's going to be someone that can kind of help map out the arc of that story or make sure that you have enough there for a book or maybe you need to widen your your focus because uh, sometimes we start off with an idea, but then when we start writing, it's really not enough for a full-length book and it needs to be widened. So that's what a developmental editor is going to do. It, it does exactly what the title sounds like. It helps you to develop those ideas uh, to have the strength to carry a full-length manuscript. Uh, Then next uh, is going to come after you have written your first draft and you're going to go through what's called line editing. Mm -hmm. And that is looking at your manuscript kind of from a a macro view. You're not getting into the nitty gritty details yet of grammar and and formatting and all of that. You're still kind of looking at it as a whole and making sure that there is there's clarity, there's consistency in your voice throughout, um, that there's, you haven't switched names for a character like partway through the book, (laughs) which does happen. Yes. It does happen. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. And so catching, catching those type of things. And, uh, then after, um, it's gone through line editing, it's also called substantive editing as well, which I think, why don't we just call it line editing? Cause substantive is such a weird word. Uh, (laughs) 
then after that is going to be copy editing. And that is, that's looking at your manuscript on a micro level. So that's where you're going to correct um, any grammar issues, any spelling. Um, you may start getting into some formatting there um, and making sure everything aligns with um, whether it's the house style for the um, for a publishing house, you have the ability to kind of create your own house style with your editor. If there's certain things that you want capitalized or, or different things, um, making sure it all lines up with <clears throat> Chicago manual style, mm -hmm. which is a, kind of the industry-wide standard for, yes. um, for how books are edited. Mm -hmm. And then after that, um, then your book is going to go through layout and it's going to be in it because up until now, it's just been on a Word document most likely. So that's actually in an eight and a half by 11 size page that you're scrolling through. Most books are gonna be like a five by eight or something like that. And so it's gonna go to the formatting stages and then you'll often get a proof copy so you can see how, you know, how your paragraphs are flowing from one page to another. And um, then it'll go through even a final stage of, of proofing, of proofreading in that um, once there's galley copies of that to catch any final errors, any final weird things of chapter titles starting on the wrong page or, or things like that. So again, that can vary. Um, you know, if you're with a traditional publishing house, you're going to be working with multiple editors. If you choose, if you're doing indie publishing or self-publishing, you may be able to work with one editor who can provide um, a mix or a, a few of those types of, of editing. But in general, that's the, the editing process that a manuscript is going to go through. Okay, so if you don't mind, I would just like to go a little bit deeper um, with this. So what if you are writing about a sensitive topic um, and it's, you know, like a, a fiction and you are just trying to um, find the, the, the right balance, you know, you don't want to focus, you, you want the, the message of the sensitive topic to be there, but you want to make sure that this, there is a solid storyline in place to kind of like surround that, that topic. So you're not throwing, constantly throwing it in the reader's face, but it's, there's that right. undertone there. So what do you have any tips or insight on that? Uh, yes. So I actually um, edited a manuscript not too long ago and it was nonfiction and it was kind of, it was in the style of memoir and the, yeah. the author had yeah, gone memoirs through, too. Yeah. Yes. Um, had gone through um, significant abuse throughout her childhood and young adulthood and, and had come out on the other side of that. And so I, I liked how she approached it because she was straightforward about the details mm -hmm. um, that needed to be straightforward, but she didn't focus on um, bashing her abusers, but focused on her journey through that. So I think it's just going to be depending on the story and depending on, and depending on the author. But I think, I think any way that you can focus on, um, you know, being able to guide whether it's a character in a fiction story or if it is in memoir focusing on on the journey and the arc through it not focusing on um, the heavier details because again that brings us actually back to your reader first mentality in sharing that story what are you wanting your readers to either feel or what's the journey that you want them to go through if they're in a similar situation maybe you're wanting them to feel that they're not alone. Mm -hmm. And 
showing them maybe how to get help in that type of situation. And so if you are keeping that in mind of what do you want your readers to be able to accomplish? What's the internal journey that they need to go through? I think that will help you guide your, um, guide your own words and your own arc of, okay, let's be real and let's not sugarcoat, mm-hmm. um, sugarcoat what happened, but um, let's equip those readers to, to find their own way out of their situation. Absolutely. And what is one thing when you're going through this editing process with a writer, um, is there something, one thing that sticks out that you feel a lot of writers may overlook or um, underestimate when it comes to the editing process? Yeah, one thing that comes to mind is that, again, going back to the concept of writing a book is really, really hard. And when you finish that first draft, you would like to be done, right? We would all like to be completely <laughs> done. And uh, I get the sense from some from some authors when I look at their manuscripts that um, the example that comes to mind, it's like you're delivering a pie to someone and it's finished and it's completely done. They just have to enjoy the pie. Uh, but in reality, when you're turning your manuscript over to an editor, you are inviting them into the kitchen when you're still working on the pie and you're asking them to critique your crust and you're asking them to taste the pie filling. Mm -hmm. And that is a completely, those are two different mentalities. And so being willing to have someone come in and critique what is very personal to you, very important to you. So that's why it is important to find a good editor who is is a good partner and is going to help uncover your voice and help make it shine even brighter Um, and is not going to just try and overpower you and, you know, be like, no, this has to be capitalized. There has to be a comma here. Those are important, but to be able to keep the bigger picture in mind. And so I think that's what I see is people underestimating that there's often going to be quite a bit of work Mm -hmm. once you get to the editing phase. Yes, you've done a lot of work with that first draft, but it's a whole nother journey when it goes through editing. Absolutely. Yeah. It, like I, like we said in the beginning, it, it's such a roller coaster ride, but one that you'll definitely value in your writing journey. Um, because if you do decide to do a second book, um, you'll, you'll have so much education, uh, you'll have so much tools. So yeah. yeah. And I think you put it very nicely with the pie example, you know, feelings will get hurt, you know, (laughs) you will be challenged, um, you know, when it, when you're presented with things or suggestions uh, regarding your manuscript, but at the end, you know, it's all for your, your benefit and, you know, the fruition of your book. So definitely an important uh, process. And I appreciate your, your insight on that, especially when it comes to sensitive topics, because that, that can be become even more involved where I, I believe the editor, even if they don't uh, relate, but if they have like some type of understanding or want to understand, I think that'll just make that partnership even more cohesive with the writer. Yes. Yeah. That's been something I've been thinking about a lot because um, as an editor, I've, you know, edited a wide range of manuscripts Mm -hmm. and like I said, fiction and nonfiction and, and wanting to help educate authors. You're not going to be able to find an editor that's had the exact same life experiences, but I think how you put it is a good way of you want, you know, sometimes you are going to get someone that's had similar life experiences, but just even that, that want to, and that willingness um, is going to go a long way um, Mm -hmm. because there there needs to be some type of synergy there between the author and editor. 
for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, a good editor, that relationship will definitely be there. Um, so yeah, uh, thank you for that. Yeah. And we can also talk a bit about uh, creativity. And it's funny because one thing that came to mind, um, I'm in the stage now where I have beta readers for the, the manuscript. Yeah. Yeah. And I, one of them happens to be someone that I, I've known for years. So she was laughing the other day because, you know, she finished reading it and she was like, wow, I didn't know how wild your imagination could get. And, you know, I said, well, I don't think it was just that, you know, what you what you read, it was uh, based on true stories, but I twisted a lot of details and things like that. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about uh, creativity, you know, how it can be encouraged and exercised you know, where the balance should lay when it comes to creativity. So this was one of my favorite things that I got to work on with um, some students of mine. I taught creative writing um, to a group of high schoolers uh, not too long ago. And I think what they can get stuck in, because at that age, and it honestly carries on in, into when you're an adult, mm -hmm. we often think that creativity is just, um, can you paint? Or, you know, can you, um, you know, are you a singer? We have these, just a few examples of, well, I'm, I'm just not creative. Or maybe you view that as being able to decorate your house or um, arrange flowers or something. But we kind of have a limited view of creativity. Mm -hmm. I think that is the first barrier. Um, that's what I saw with my students. And I know that's a barrier for, for many other people is that because you don't fit these definitions, then you just automatically kind of disqualify yourself. Uh, the other thing that I think is a barrier is, uh, I think a lot of people view creativity as something that some people have and others don't. And if you feel like you're in the group that doesn't, you're not even gonna really try because you're like, oh, I'm just, I mean, how often have you heard the phrase, oh, I'm just not creative. I'm, you know, that's just not my thing. And to me, everyone is creative we all have the ability to create, but how are, what's your definition of that? And if you can adjust your definition, that can open up a whole you know, wider range of um, opportunities for you. Uh, because, you know, we, there are certain people that you just do think that they've got, there is just something special about them and their giftings and what they've been able to, to produce in the world. But if you view it rather as it's a muscle that you can work out and get stronger. And you're not going to always maybe feel this glow of creativity or inspiration. Sometimes you do, but oftentimes it's, are you regularly working that muscle out? And um, when that comes to writing specifically, that just means like, are you in the habit of recording your ideas? And then are you in the habit of um, kind of fleshing those ideas out into uh, you know, shorter posts and then maybe expanding them. I think that's just often a really great place to start because you can have ideas up in your head, but if you aren't trying to get them out regularly and then expand on them regularly, then you are going to feel kind of limited in your creativity. Yeah. So I think just embracing the idea of you can get better at it and uh, you're not, you're not limited. It's not limited to just a handful of people. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, I, I think this is the part where 
I feel we should pay homage <laughs> to all of those English teachers in grade school, you know, that made us do creative writing, that right. made us read, you know, different passages from, you know, different books or what have you. A lot of a lot of us hated doing that. But um, I think now, you know, especially for those of us who are looking to develop our writing voice, uh, creative writing is definitely a, a lane to look into. And with the examples that you gave, as far as doing things on your own, those are great starting points. If you want to go further in that, um, if I could get your thoughts on this as well, um, you have the different uh, writer guilds, you have writing groups out there, um, whether they're on Facebook or what have you where you can share your work with a group of people who are on the same journey or different parts of the journey. And you can, that helps you create to uh, build your creative writing voice as well. And you get good feedback along the way. So what are your thoughts on that? I think it's a crucial part of a writer's journey. It's honestly a part that I struggle with. Uh, I'm an introvert and, uh, finding the right groups, because I think there are different groups that serve different purposes, yeah. uh, whether it's just simply encouraging and sharing work with each other that has value. Or if you are, you know, then there are different groups or settings where you're going to kind of be receiving more structured critique. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of have to, depending on where you are in your journey, one type of group might be serving you better than another. Um, so I struggle with making those connections. That's something I'm, I'm working really hard on. Uh, but whenever I have been able to, to be in that type of setting, there is a lot of value because uh, again, writing can be so isolating, but we need everything to resonate in a, in a wider scope, right? Because we are putting our books out there uh, for a wide audience. And so when you, uh, whether it's, whether it is through beta readers, whether it's through a critique group or um, a breakout session at a writing conference, uh, how you can see how your ideas resonate in a wider group. And then just being able to hear people's, you know, different people's perspective. It's, it's crucial to, uh, to refining your own voice and just uh, bringing some maturity to your writing. Yeah, absolutely. And you made a valid point. Um, it is very isolating. Uh, <laughs> if you, if, if being alone or going through some type of, this type of journey alone <laughs> freaks you out, then I, I really don't know what to tell you because yeah. it's a huge part of the journey where you are, by yourself, there's a lot of self-reflection going on. And when you are um, pouring these words onto paper, um, you, you're really forced to look at yourself and you know your voice and how far it has gone, especially if you go back and look at older pieces and you compare it to what you've done now. There's just a lot of alone time and reflection going on. So, um, and you know, everyone is different. Um, if you choose to move further along in, you know, beyond that, as you become, as you come closer to sharing your work, um, or creating the, the, the platform of sorts, um, at some point, you know, you team up with your editor and then from there, I, I think that, uh, you know, you should start building up the, the courage or the support to make more connections and invite more people in the, in the kitchen to try the, the yeah. pie crust. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So did you have any um, advice for folks? Um, you know, what we just talked about who, you know, are more on the introverted side or uh, they 
they you just making those connections with the necessary folks may be challenging for them, but they really do have a story to tell. But taking certain steps can be challenging for them. Right. I think the maybe what to, you can focus on then is just taking a small step because we, you know, we read the books, we hear the talks and we think, oh my gosh, I have to belong to five critique groups and that are, you know, I have to go to all these conferences. And when we make a goal that's far too lofty, um, if it's especially stretching us in a new way, chances are it's not going to happen. And so maybe you just start, you know, look at your goal and then cut it in half <laughs> because that's probably closer to what's going to be more realistic for you to achieve. So maybe the goal is not to go to five conferences. And even of course that's challenging right now is a lot of stuff, maybe trying to figure out if they're going to be online or, or what can be held in person. Um, so go to one conference um, and maybe if you're there, uh, don't go to all the breakout sessions, pick one that's going to fit really close to where you're at. And yeah. uh, don't feel like you have to talk to 10 people, talk exactly. to two people. Right. And so I think that's what can help is um, just start with, a, um, just kind of make that goal a little bit smaller. Mm -hmm. For example, the, the very first conference that I went to, um, I got to have my um like I got to have a couple of one-on-one -on -one sessions uh, with some published authors and that one connection led to a couple of other jobs mm. even, and it helped me shape the direction for self-publishing. And uh, then we've been able to go on and um, it just, it led to a lot of other things, but that was just one conversation that I had with one author. So don't underestimate that and don't get overwhelmed with thinking it needs to yeah. Um, be big and grand. Absolutely. Thank you so much for, for pointing that out. One, you know, with things being in the, in the virtual realm right now, you know, you can still be in the comfort of your home and right. make, you know, certain connections and yeah, definitely don't overwhelm yourself by jumping into these types of events and talking to 10 different people. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It just takes that one, you know, people tell right. me it just takes that one. Yes. You know, yes. So, yeah. And um, a lot of doors will open. So, um, yeah. And as far as um, those who, you know, are in the, the rookie stage and are totally new to this, what are a couple of things that they need to know off the bat before they dip into this pool of writing and making things happen? I think the same thing that kind of goes with making connections and networking in this business goes to building a writing habit uh, because maybe you, you do want to dip your toes in this. You feel like you have a story to tell and you feel like for whatever reason, the time is right for you to tell your story now. So uh, don't set out thinking I'm going to write this whole book this weekend. Right. Please don't yeah. do that. <laughs> right. Uh, yes. So uh if you, um, let's say for instance, maybe you do want to tell your own personal story. Um, and so it's going to take on the form of memoir. Maybe what you start doing is just simply outlining um, and start even just with something that's chronological. It may not stay in that, um, but start with an outline. Uh, if you know that you're going to need to be writing regularly, um, don't set a goal of writing for an hour every day if you've never done that. 
honestly, just start with 10 minutes a day. And once that becomes a stronger habit, then you can expand on that. Mm -hmm. I'm not even concerned with the word count, honestly, at this point, but if you're going from never writing regularly to feeling like, okay, I'm going to write a book. This is the next step. This is the year it's going to happen. Start with building habits that will actually support your goal. Cause mm-hmm. the goal may change. Um, other opportunities may open up. Um, the, the book may not be the end result, but you can build some other habits that will open up other opportunities mm-hmm. for you. Absolutely. And what are your thoughts very quickly on the, uh, the whole, is it called the nano right mode? Yes. Yeah. That to me, that it was annoying, but you, you let me know your thoughts on that. <laughs> Uh, so I haven't, I have not taken part in that. Uh, I've, cause I've been focusing on editing the last few mm. years. And so, um, I think it can, it, it can be helpful if your idea is at a certain phase. Um, you know, maybe you have written a few books in a series, maybe this is going to be the last book and that those constraints mm. that can be helpful if yeah. you have this, this goal and you, you like being able to feed off of other authors. I think it can be helpful yes. in that setting, but if you are brand new to the writing scene, that's probably not going to be what you want to jump in with as your first challenge. Yeah. It can be, yeah. You, you'll get overwhelmed. Right. If you try to do that. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. So, well, um, for folks who are interested in connecting with you and learning more about editing and see how their work can get the help it needs, how can they get in contact with you, Samantha? Uh, the best place to reach me is uh, through my website. It's mrshanny.com, M-R-S-H-A-N-N-I.com. And um, you can fill out a form and tell me more about your project and uh, it'll have some helpful things to kind of to, to organize that. And then what I do with anyone that's interested in um, getting some editing on their manuscript is that I schedule a call with them and then that way I can kind of get to know them a little bit more and explain what I offer. So um, that contact form and all of that is on my website. And then I blog um, a couple of times a month just sharing some writing tips and helping authors feel better equipped to go through that editing process. And then there are links to my books and uh, uh, other other things that I've written. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you shared a plethora, if I'm using that correctly, of information today. So useful, very resourceful. Um, you know, you've I really love how you explain the editing process and I think folks will find it useful as well. So I do want to thank you for taking the time to come on with us today. I know you have different projects that you're working on and, you know, thanks for reaching out um, and making that connection. So we'll definitely keep in touch and uh, I plan on doing more conversations about editing. So you're always welcome to come back. Awesome. I had a great time. Thank you for having me today. No problem, Samantha. And um, we will connect and I will speak with you soon. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks. Okay. Bye.